0: All right, everybody, thank you for checking out another episode of The Real Avenue Podcast. Today, I have Sully Bop, a rapper and a podcaster. Homie, I met on LinkedIn, and today we're going to get into some of the nuances of becoming a rapper and being a podcaster in that space. I think you and I share our love for music. I'm a drummer myself, uh, so we can get into that. And of course, health and fitness is kind of my background, being in the bodybuilding world, and then talking about mindset. So we'll get into all that good stuff today without further ado. Sully Bop, how you doing?
1: Hey, I'm great, man. Thank you, Abhinav, for having me. I really appreciate it. I uh, just literally—it's so funny that we connected. What, like three days ago yeah, or like something? Not like, even a week. <laughs> not even a week ago, and now we're hit, you know hitting it off on the podcast. And we were getting, like you said, we were almost like going to have to save it for this because you know the conversation before was it's so crazy. Flowing. But but I'm great, man. I'm I'm just I'm just living, man, doing my thing. So so I have
0: a great question for you, which I think a lot of people that are afraid to start their own podcast or maybe put themselves out there go through. Tell me about the time when you first heard your voice on the mic and how that felt.
1: Dude. Yeah. Um, honestly. Yeah. So for me it was with music before the podcast and since like being a rapper and like I was play I played guitar, uh, you know, a lot of, t- a lot of my life, but it's not the same thing when you have like this instrument to channel it through. And mm-hmm. then when you got to use your own voice, it, it's a whole different experience. Um, but I remember, Everything I well, actually no it comes back to the gaming like we were talking about. My buddy, um, he got he's the one that got me on YouTube videos, and his name's Josh. And he I said, yo, hey, I want to record some music. Can you just lend me your mic? Are you still using it? He had like taken a break from YouTube, and so he was like, yeah, like you can use my mic. So I'm using his mic. I plug it in. I'm lo- I'm listening to myself. I'm like, I, dude, I can't. This is I I had no idea what I sounded like. <laughs> And I did a little bit kind of from DJing, but I never was trained and I was never was trained to like about inflection. Um, and I think I kind of grew into my voice too, but at back, like the first time I listened to it in the first kind of tracks I recorded on that mic, I just, I couldn't like go and play it in the car. Like I just, I couldn't do like, it. I can't hear the sound of my own voice. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. And And it really, there isn't a switch that, or there isn't a moment where you go, all right, I'm cool with my voice. Like you just learn to be, Okay with it because you realize you can't change it.
0: That's so true. And I mean, that's kind of the point I wanted to make is from somebody like you who's been experienced now for a few years doing this, you know. And if you're afraid to start your own podcast or your own adventure out there, everybody hates the sound of their own voice at first, you know, but you get used to it. You know, maybe you can find a way to use it as a meditation to be like, yeah, I really have to pay attention to what I say so I don't sound like a fool at the end of it all. You know, you can be very slow and methodical about it. And then I mean that's everybody's got to start somewhere, right? That's really what it comes down to. True, and that's the
1: hardest thing to do. I think a lot of times is well, what people think is the hardest thing. I don't think. I think the easiest thing to do is start. I literally wrote a LinkedIn post about this today. um, But but the but you're supposed to be a beginner, right? You're supposed to not right when you when you do curls for the first time and you've never done even like any other exercise other than like running or walking, right? Like you're supposed to not even know what the form is, and yet like that's the whole you know point of it. So yeah, starting is uh. is 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 essential you got to just record that first podcast and 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 just be cool with yourself listening back to it like just do it even though you inside you're like i cannot listen to this how are other people going to listen to this they don't see your voice how you see your or hear your voice
0: true right true hey guys i just wanted to step in here real quick and let you know that we also have this full conversation live on youtube where you can see the video of both of us talking. I tend to feel like video captures a little bit more human emotion and you get to really see what someone's reaction was to a statement. So if you're interested in checking that out, you can go to YouTube and search for Blossom Media Studio. Now let's get back to this episode. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point because a lot of times what happens is we are our own worst critic. A lot of times we beat ourselves up in our own head we see other people's polished lives on social media, so we think we have to be perfect. But your first, you know, maybe show out of the out of the door, your first content is not going to be perfect, and that's okay, oh. at least if you tried. Now you have somewhere to start, and uh, you have something to improve upon. It's the same thing as like going to the gym. I always make this analogy. It's like you're eating one healthy meal isn't going to make you get in shape, but eating one bad meal isn't going to make you unhealthy either. Yes. You got to consistently do it over time to see if anything actually comes out of it. And this is, I'm sure you could say that was probably true for you, in uh, in rapping and of course, podcasting. I'm curious if you have ever made this correlation since I'm a drummer, a lot of times when I used to drum and I still, when I drum between uh, songs or if I'm listening to music or a track, I tend to drum like around the beat, like kind of, if I know the tempo, I'm trending to like kind of jance around the beat to make sure I can fill in those gaps with like a a little lick or a little bit of a groove or whatever. And to me, when I listen to rap music, I've, you know, culturally, when I moved to, to United States in 2002, Uh, huge influence on me was like Dave Chappelle and like Jay-Z and Kanye. And so like I really love that that whole culture of like rap music and comedy and and just, you know, like black culture in general. You know, speaking of which, you know, Black Lives Matter, we're talking about it. It's all in the news. This is like... Black excellence, the rap That's music.
1: How I, I just made a remix about it, just because I'm like, I got to speak on this because this is so. I'm a rapper, yeah. like I have this. Is not really my culture, you know? Right, um, right. I've been doing it for four or five years, but yeah,
0: yeah. But you're like the minority, considering all you know the, oh, the, truth. the grand mm-hmm. scheme of rappers. You know, being a being a non African American in, in the rap game is like it's it's very rare. Like you got what Eminem, Lil Dicky, maybe a Machine Gun Kelly, a couple of other names come yep. to mind, but not very many for me personally you know, that are notable. So I'm curious, like, do you consider when you're rapping similar to like drumming where you're kind of drumming with your mouth and filling in the beats? Has that been something that you've kind of thought about?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I was a drummer, too. I don't know if I told you, but oh, I really? played, yeah, I played uh, every you drummer know,
0: or- realizes yeah. another drummer somehow. I feel like you always find them and then you're like, oh, shit, later on, you find yeah. out "Oh,
1: we're both drummers. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And then it just connections even That's stronger. Awesome, man. Um, but yeah, man, I played kind of more orchestral kind of band type, uh, you know, drumming with a lot of, you know, snares and like the big toms yeah, and the marching yeah. band thing. And then I did jazz drums for a few years, which really kind of put me onto that swing and that kind of brings you back to the to the roots of it um but yeah so but back to your question the snare hit is basically everything for rap
0: Hmm.
1: so if you listen to if the snare is if you have a beat the same beat and you have the snare hit in two different locations you're gonna rap differently over you know the beat with it on the two or the beat with it on the half so um so but i think unconsciously i got the rhythm a lot of the rhythm from drumming So then rapping came a little bit easier because so when my friends were freestyling, I probably picked it up a little bit easier than your average Joe who doesn't really have that kind of rhythm. All right. Right. So it definitely helped me, but I'm not sure how conscious it was. I think it was a lot of more just unconscious rhythm. But as far as like the flows go, I mean, the drums are everything to me on a beat, you know, um, when it comes to what I'm going to do flow wise. And that's where I pick up the flow, too. Uh, just from kind of hearing that drums and what's going on in the drum sound. Um, but I'm kind of biased, um, because of that too, a little bit, you know, um, obviously a lot of other artists kind of have different mu or instrumental influences. So, yeah. but for me, you're so right. The drums are just pivotal when it comes to, you know, the flow and, and kind of how you're going about the beat, uh, when it comes to rapping.
0: So talk to me a little bit about your process when you're, when you're getting ready to write a song or you want to record you know, like when I listen to a track, if I want to drum on it, I I tend to understand what's the bass beat, like what's the bass line, what are the what's the you know tempo, and then I really just go in and I'm I'm basically like seeing where can I squeeze myself in without making the whole thing you know disrupt the pattern. But when it comes to words, you know, it's a little it's a little tricky because you can you can make the sounds like you know like ja boop pop pop you could just do all that to fit them in, mm-hmm. but now you're articulating the words and breaking them down into like, you know, different syllables and whatnot. Like, so do you have a process that you've kind of, you know, finessed with up to this point that you could describe?
1: Yeah. In the beginning, I, I didn't, in the beginning, I was trying to fit so many words in because (laughs) I didn't realize I could be kind of flexible and change the flow. And I didn't, I was like, people would tell me, they'd be like, oh, I really like your song, but you, it went too fast. I can't listen to you. <laughs> like, I can't hear. I don't know what you're saying. Mm. Um. So, yeah, there's a there. But as far as process goes, I think with the lyrics is a little bit more process. But the actual kind of the flow just like just comes now. I don't I don't really write as much just write down the lyrics and then go to the beat. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just have the beat and and it's coming to my head. Basically, just what, what you just said of like, I got this thing in my head where I know yeah it's going to be like it. And I'm like, right, all right, right this word in here like this and because I know how the flow goes but let me fit some words so there's a lot of placeholders Um, and that's how and that's kind of what I would do when I started was kind of I would have they were technically placeholders but I didn't realize they were placeholders I never went back and changed them but now I realize okay you got to go back and change those placeholders and put better lyrics there and, and and switch that flow and and now I can look at a song more macro whereas before I was looking at it kind of I, I can do macro and the micro. So I can look at it as four or five different sections of the song and being able to rearrange those. Mm. Or I can go in to one syllable and change that one syllable. Right. So, but as you don't have that self-awareness when you're starting, you just want to put your words on the beat. Okay, my words are on the beat. I made a song.
0: Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> you right. know,
1: now it's kind of just like, oh man, on on the half note on the eighth bar, that one little s- inflection right there, you should have went higher. You went lower. Like, okay, mm. you know, I'll go and switch that now. I don't know. That's a really roundabout way of kind of talking about the process. So that's, I guess that proves that it's not as much of, um, a process that I could describe. I think it kind of just comes, but that's more of like the tweaking, I guess. What I was I've heard, thinking. I've heard Jay-Z say up. this,
0: um, that he he said like, you know, if you, if you want to make uh, good music, you, you get a, you know, you get a talented artist, you get a recording studio, and then you leave the door cracked open so the so that god can come in and do the work because it's the muse ultimately like it's like you're prepped up right it's it's like it's not really in your hands especially in the moment when you're when you're spitting the words it's it's all happening at the edge of time right the beats moving your words are coming out things are being laid down but all of that, that, that real moment when it's happening in that moment, you're not thinking about it. You're just doing it, right? It's no different than like if you're under the squat rack or you're doing the weights in the gym, yep. you know, you, th- you think about it all day long. But once you're in the gym and you got that weight under you, it's no more thinking time. It's doing time. You know what I'm saying? Now let's go. Let's push this. Let's push this out. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can't believe I just put that out there. It's almost like something came over me and took that. I'm curious, have you felt that way a lot of the times when you're creating, con- creating rap and, and, and things like that?
1: If I don't feel that way, it's very difficult. It mm. gets very difficult to create. And I and I and great analogy that you made. And it's kind of like when you're working out with a partner, and then for like fifteen to twenty minutes, you guys don't say a word, right. but you don't realize that you're not talking to each other. You just both are in your own zone, mm. yeah, tunneled, right? tunnel, right, tunnel vision. So that's the same thing for the for the music. Uh, that's exactly what you know. Jay Z obviously eloquently described that as he does. Um, and and he's a he's a one take guy. I don't know, yeah. you know, one take Hove. You probably heard that before. He does a lot. I don't know what he's rehearsed or what, but he does a lot of one take. Yeah. Um, he just goes off the vibe, man, and and you know that's I mean that's another level of of kind of you know uh, of the game, right? Um, but but yeah, what was the I, who inspires
0: I mean, you? I mean, that's no, that's good, that's <laughs> perfect. Who inspires you, like as a as an artist? You know, like who, mm. what are the some of the. Kind of foundational rappers that you looked up to i'm sure i can name a few but i'm pretty sure you're gonna say some names that you and i will find common so i'm curious like what are your maybe most influential folks that you like always go back to to get your inspiration and that your you know your your groove and your rhythm and your patterns and sort of things like that
1: yeah i actually started listening to rap right when i started rapping so i didn't know literally when i was 15 16 i hadn't listened i knew who eminem was that was it if you Mm -hmm. told me name an eminem song Nope, couldn't name it. Name a Jay-Z song? Nope. Right. Nas? No, I didn't know him. And I listened to classic rock. I got like a Jefferson Airplane the Who like poster behind me. Um, <laughs> you know, I got like Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, all that. Like I, I, my dad put me on classic rock, so I came up on that. Then you start getting into like Green Day and then a little bit more hard rock. I love Green Day, man. <laughs> Dude, I love Green Day too. Like one of Who, my favorites. If you
0: grew up in the 2000s and you watched the MTV yes. Awards and you didn't yep. see Green Day win year after year after year after year, man... That's quite,
1: that's quite oh i sorry a, for that no, tangent. Oh <laughs> no, dude. That's just, that's the power of Green Day right there. Yeah, dude. Trey <laughs> cool. Um, straight up, dude. Oh my God. Yeah. I, uh, I, I listened to all these different, or this more kind of classic, you know, rock, rock influences. And then I started freestyling with one of my buddies, his name's Justin. And we started just going, just freestyling. He, he I don't know. He was always in the hip hop and rap and Dominican yeah. dude. He was always, you know, more of a culture person than I was, and and I was just kind of in my own world. Uh, but I, one of the first rappers I listened to, uh, was Joey Badass, um, I Action know Bronson. Um, there's a few, there's a couple other ones, and then but now in the last like probably two or three years, my influences have changed a lot. But I, I definitely did, I made like an executive decision of like, let me go through all of Eminem's albums, let me go through all of Nas's albums, let me go through all Jay Z's albums, and I kind of and and I did a little self-education on the history of hip hop and rap and tried to understand and, 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 okay, what is, and I was becoming a producer at the same time. So, all right, what is sampling? What's the history of sampling? um You know, what is, how does jazz and blues, how did that become rock and then rock become, you know, whatever it is right now. And how is hip hop on a pedestal? So I kind of went through this whole kind of history of music mm-hmm. and obviously I haven't touched, you know, 10% of it. Um, but, and then I got into, more and then I found my own rappers to to really enjoy. I was trying to like kind of go everywhere and listen to all these different people and try to understand hip hop kind of as a culture. Um, but then recently, uh, this guy Freddie Gibbs I don't know if you ever listen to him, um, very talented dude. Uh, flows are crazy, he's from Gary, Indiana. Um, and he like has some just very crazy stories and and just he's kind of reminds me of Tupac a little bit, just more a little bit more raw and a deeper voice, but he kind of has that vibe. Um, and then another kid, Jack Harlow, he's 22. I actually
0: know him. He just had that song. What's poppin'. What's that just pops so, off
1: d- straight up. I mean, that's, yeah, that's it. So I've been listening to him for like two or three years. Wow. And I watched, I remember listening to his tape and I'm, and I'm putting on my story for the last, like on my Instagram story all the time for the last like two years, like watch this kid blow up, watch him blow up. I go to a show in November. I walk in at eight o'clock, literally in four minutes, he goes up. I walk right to the front, right? This will never happen again. Good thing I went. That was before what's that was It wasn't even sold out. Like I, it might have been sold out, but I walked in and there wasn't even nobody stopping me. I walked right up to the front oh. now. And that was at the that was at uh, what is it? It was at the Fillmore, but it was at the other fill, the the other venue that's inside of the Fillmore. And like now he's a Fillmore. Dude, That story just
0: gives me chills because you get you get to see that. And, you know, I know you believe in yourself. I I can tell from your music. I can tell from your composure. And you know that that day is going to happen for you where you're going to have a fucking show just sold the fuck Two to out. five years, bro. Two to Dude. five years. That's, but, that's, that's what I'm I at. love about you. You're realistic with yourself. You're hustling. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, a lot of people talk a big game. But they don't know how to work hard.
1: Well, I used to have you know? I used to have six-month goals, and I used to have three-month goals. I remember I wrote down really crazy. I just moved out of an apartment I was in at school for two years, and I found this piece of paper, and I looked. It's one of those, like, uh, you know, one of those, like, kind of storybook type of things that happens, like movie kind of scene where you take out the piece of paper, and it said, this year we're going to perform live at least once. And then that, and then that was last year. So 2019, I performed live, like maybe three times. And then, and then over the last eight months, maybe like six, seven, eight times, um, just music not counting like the DJ. So then I realized, Oh, I got it. Like that's, I did that. So that's, I, if I did that, then, I mean, the next thing is just, you know, it's going to as long as I just plan it out correctly and have those kind of I like I said, it used to be those monthly goals. Now it's more of a two, five and a 10. And a I love 15, it. Would you, you say know?
0: your band background helped you with the performance on stage and kind of not have that crazy anxiety about being in front of people?
1: It did. Definitely DJing helped me, too, yeah. because oh, I knew I knew I knew how my voice sounded on that mm. on, on because on this mic, your voice is not the same as when you have. Right. Know, right. That, when you have like when you have this mic like mm. this, you know, and you're doing this and you're trying to cover it so you can that's not the same, you know? So to learn, to have that kind of a little bit more self-awareness, but I was still nervous, man. Cause I hadn't performed when you don't perform those songs, you don't know what the vibe's different. Like you get nervous. And then luckily I started performing guitar on stage too. And that kind of gave me a little bit more self-awareness too. But um, yeah, the DJing helped, but you got to just put the, it's just reps. That's all it is.
0: I got, I got you, man. It. Do you have, um, like a process that you that you use to kind of bring yourself into the zone you know I know you haven't performed a, a ton of times but you've done it three times now but like even for your sessions when you're sitting to you know record like do you have like a a method to your madness in a, in a sense
1: yeah there's I mean before I perform um and now that I think about it yeah I think I've done because I actually do them with this group it's called Mad Mons. And uh, they put on these shows in North Jersey and a bunch of artists get together, Crazy Collective. Um, I think I might have, I think we've done maybe seven or eight Mm times or different shows that I've performed at. And then maybe four, maybe three times rap and maybe like two or three times guitar um, and some drumming in there too. But as far as pre-show or before I go in the studio, I usually meditate for like five minutes, um, just a little kind of get centered because I get a little nervous beforehand. So I try to do whatever I can. Um, obviously it's very impulsive to drink and, you know, you want to have like a beer or something to take the edge off, which, you know, I will, I don't mind doing that. Like if I'm at a DJ gig, you know, totally if it's a wedding, whatever, yeah. but I try not to, I try to like really get in myself. Cause that's the hardest, like it's hard to do it, uh, for sure. But, uh, but I record now oh, I'm gonna record on my rap right here on this mic. So I don't have as much of a process I can literally be in my day and having an have like a little hour just walk time out of alive. the
0: bathroom. I think I got some bars to spit. Let me
1: just hit that's record. it, man. The shower <laughs> thoughts, man, I'll be writing <laughs> these hooks in the shower. I mean, come oh, on, man. I feel you, <laughs> man. You know that's, so, uh, yeah. but yeah, before I go in the studio, I'll definitely kind of get centered or if I'll be with like, I don't really go in the studio with my boys anymore. I used to do that. Um They're still my homies, but I still don't really go in. I'd like rather have more focused time. time. Yeah. I'd rather go in alone. And it's like, why are they like, they're like, they're here to support me for sure. But I don't know, I want that input. I kind of want just me and the engineer and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's kind of where it's at, but I do like to do a little meditation if I'm feeling a little anxious. You know?
0: I'm curious if you also look at kind of your life, you know, you, you, you definitely sound like you, you know, you're on track, you're working hard, but I'm sure you have tough days, right? But do you look at kind of how you deal with those tough days? You know, is there a sort of a process to get Sully back into the game, into the mood? Like, what do you do for those hard days?
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of times that I have like, I guess, like a bad day. And I think a lot of times what I say is I like to stop it before it even starts. So Mm. that's my morning routine. That's where my morning routine comes in, because if I can get centered in the beginning of the day, whatever happens, like the client calls you and he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore. I don't have this So We need something with this contract. Like and it's all these things like if I can get centered in the beginning of the day, usually I can you know, kind of handle, it. obviously like working out and fitness um, helps when it's something during the day, I can work out at the end of the day and kind of bring myself back. But the morning routine, I try to stay, try to, um, you know, let that center me and and bring me kind of through the day. So whatever happens, I can kind of roll it.
0: Gotcha. I'm curious, what's the most like memorable thing that you've learned in your journey so far? Like if you were to tell someone that's starting out or, you know, a younger Mm. person that wants to do something similar to what you're doing. You know what's something that's most memorable to you that maybe you keep having to, you know, make sure this is one of your bullet points, your anchors, in your process. Is there anything that comes to mind?
1: Yeah, de- the hardest thing for me is is even though some in some aspects I do it really well, in some aspects I don't. But definitely consistency, which is what everybody's going to tell you, in everything, you know, <laughs> like and just showing up, um, and just being yourself too. I think is huge because. Um, you know, if you could just stand, standing by your word, that's really it. Um, So, so stand by your word, stay, yeah, stand by your word consistently. And then, yeah. you know, you, I, I'd be good, but definitely learning, learning different Th- learning every day and just watching this podcast or that podcast or or reading a book that you don't think you're gonna like, like I, I just or a random. Being book. a
0: student of the game is basically you know student of the at. game.
1: I just read I got like an Ernest Hemingway, but I don't even know who he is. I just know his name. <laughs>
0: yeah, the popular right? guy.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Very you know, and he he wasn't even his was writer. Being a writer was a side thing. Imagine that. So yeah, um, which I didn't even know about him. Right. So definitely learning and and consistent learning consistency and and just standing by your word and just doing what you say you're going to do. And obviously it's just hard to do. I've definitely messed up on it before. Um, probably from my podcast, like the most out out of anything, but
0: what do you do for staying authentic? Like, because I feel personally, you know, I've made this analogy before that when we're on like social media or we're just on our devices, phone, tablet, computer, whatever you want to call it. Right. If you're on a screen, you're watching other people online. I find that over time, it's super easy to see what everybody else is like and forget what you are really like. And it's very easy to get affected by that and to then stay authentic. And then, when those people, including myself in the past, you know, when I've then wanted to come out and create, I almost feel like, wow, I, I kind of forgot what I was like. You know, I kind of forgot mm-hmm. who I really am. So I'm curious, like, what for you keeps you authentic when you're creating content day in and day out? You're, you're, you know, I know you're very active on many different platforms. Outside of just, you know, you're rapping in the studio. There's a lot more work that you do. What, what do you do to kind of stay authentic? Or like, is there anything that comes to mind for that?
1: Yeah, just detach. Definitely. I don't scroll like I don't look at posts on Instagram. I don't look at stories. So I don't actually I don't get addicted to the stories. They just Mm. kind of annoy me after a while. So I don't I I don't feel the need to scroll. I I do like stories for like five minutes and just, hey, if I don't see your post, I don't see your posts. You know, Mm. Um, unfortunately, I, I encourage people to just send them to me because I'm like, I probably won't see it if I do scroll usually on the weekends um maybe for like five or ten minutes but i that's definitely how i kind of i try to stay i try to not be influenced by everybody i love everybody i follow and i definitely have a lot it's a lot of positive positivity that i follow um for sure but but being detached and then i take like at least two weeks you know i try to do three or four weeks a year off of it completely yeah Um, a week at a time for sure you can't do like a day you got to do like at least for me, I got to do like a week at a time. So those are my kind of two things to stay authentic and in that, in my own lane. So I don't try to get like pulled from this side and pulled from that side, right. or, you know, and I try to stick to what I say too. Cause sometimes I'll say, um, you know, I'll say something and, and, you know, and then I'll have a dialogue with somebody cause they'll reply and they won't, you know, agree with what I said. And I always just make sure to keep that up and not delete it, you know, cause it's right. so easy to have a couple people be like, this is wrong. And then you just take it down, you know? So. Right. Because
0: then you're like all of a sudden thinking about what they believe to be right versus what you felt when it was your true truth, really, really what came out from you. Exactly. you know, that's very, very interesting. And I like that. That's good. So take a break. Then, there's,
1: it, yeah, there's no like guidelines for the balance. That's the problem. Like you right, gotta we have just to kinda, find it, it yourself. It's just
0: like the scooter thing. I don't know if you have uh, those scooters <laughs> in your in your neighborhood back in the day, like if, just a year ago when the bird scooters and all them started popping up. Big it's time. Ba- Basically like what happened was, right? There was a huge disruption. Cities just got flooded with like hundreds of thousands of scooters overnight and they have nothing to do. I, I would say the same thing started to happen with social media. You know, it was Facebook and YouTube and then, you know, like Twitter and Instagram and you know, we got TikTok now and we got all these other things that were in the middle of that. And it's just like, people just all of a sudden got way more content that they can plug into, but nobody gave us like sort of the best practices. Like here's yes, how you, there is none. Yeah. right. Like nobody talked about it. So it's almost like we're setting this foundation up. Like, I don't know, I don't have any kids yet, but I'm sure when I do, I'd have to want to, you know, figure out for them, like, Hey, I don't want my kids to never use technology because I think yeah, that's an yeah. integral part of life. But mm-hmm. then what do you do to kind of navigate that landscape? I, so it's constantly yeah, for me, I'm thinking about that, you know?
1: Is there anything that you do particularly like to kind of stay in that lane? Cause you create content too, you create this podcast. And... Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, I actually ended up taking about a year off of uh, like pretty much all social media, except for just watching YouTube videos, because that's kind of like how do I learn a that's, lot of- Dude,
1: I feel uh, like I'm like in school when I'm listening <laughs> to like stuff on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's my education, yeah, second education.
0: For sure. So like I almost took a year off because I got caught up in the- I'm a very I have a very addictive personality. Me too. Um, so and if I do something you know I'm working really hard at it and so when I started my studio I I didn't really know exactly what I was stepping into but I knew that I wanted to push myself into an uncomfortable place. Right before we got on the podcast I was telling you a little bit about how I started this. I didn't know what I was doing and I had to figure it all out but during that process I started to get real caught up with all the pieces that are involved with content creation, pre-production, post-production, you know, delivery, and then engagement, all these different things that are involved. Now you multiply that across, you know, four or five different platforms. You're talking about a full-time job, right? So there's just no way I was not going to get burned out. You know, just the way I was going at it. I was kind of like, I can do it. I've been a bodybuilder. There's nothing I can't do, you know, type of mindset. But then you take that and you realize like, okay, you've run as fast as you can. You've sprinted and you've run out of gas. So, Now you need to slow down and be more methodical about it, which is kind of, you know, was my approach. So I I really do believe in, in, um, you know, detoxing from it. So I try not to use social media for more than, certain amount of time in the day. It's interesting for me because I have an international following and I have a lot of, uh, family and friends that are overseas who, if I'm not on social media, they're like, dude, is this guy alive? Like yeah. what's going on? You know? So I, I do like kind of that connectivity, but at the same time, I'm limiting myself to like, not more than, let's say in the entire day, no more than like an hour of all of the different platforms. And then of course, YouTube kind of fits in a weird category, mm-hmm. but you gotta be careful with yeah. the YouTube binging too, as you True. know, with those algorithms, they'll just keep going. So I've, I've given myself a certain amount of time in the day because I've, I do find that it's important for me to be on these platforms and share my, my piece and then connect with certain people. Um, but yeah, I just give myself time. And then like you, I meditate every day as well. And then for me, it's like when I'm meditating, I, I, then I'd really get to see how distracted I am because you, you, you'll you see how your thoughts are all the time, right? And then when you sit down and actually reflect, you start to see, wow, I'm like super distracted. I need to change something in my life. When you
1: do that meditation and, 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 the, and the timer goes off and then you didn't meditate the whole time? You're just like, Chattering in your mind, what right? What was I
0: doing? Yeah, <laughs>
1: like, yeah.
0: and oh that's like a, almost a good uh, barometer for me to realize, okay, I need me to spend too. either less time or I need to do more time on something else you know, maybe it's reading a book or whatever. My wife and I, we've been implementing keeping our phones out of the bedroom at night. Very recently, we started great, doing that. That's great. You know, so the first thing when we wake up, we're not like this,
1: you know, because uh, I'm nah, like, it's too easy. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love my girl, but she's definitely like, we're both on it. And yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, what? <laughs>
0: what and, you know, gonna- it's interesting. We're talking about this because like, I have to, I have to admit, like a large part of my income comes from the internet. Like, of my income comes from being online, talking to customers, serving my clients, you know, emails or service or whatever. So it's like you look at it and you go, well, this does help me. I make money. But then if it starts to affect your mental health or it starts to affect your other, you know, important things in life, because life is not about just staring at a screen all day. Right. But but sadly, it is becoming a large part of most of our lives because of how we we get our income out of it. But then it's like, going back to the earlier point about the balance thing. It's like, if we're not taught the balance, then we're just going to get caught up in And setting,
1: like what you said, setting those boundaries too. And it's like, it's, and you know how it is with the business. And like, people want to call you on the weekends. It's like, I got to tell, I just like, I realize I didn't realize I have to tell people now. Don't call me Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Don't call me. I'm not going to answer, you know? And it's just because I'm with, that's the time, like. People, I like people were like surprised that I even had like a girlfriend that I didn't <laughs> that I had time to do that. to so, like, it's, it's like, cause all, a lot of my time, all my time is filled up. Like what I tell anybody, uh, you know, when I just, you know, meet them or what I even had to tell her was like, Hey, like this is, there's this one thing that I always prioritize and it's just my time. So right. that's just how it is. So when somebody calls me on the weekends, it's like, it's not, I'm not picking, I know it's important. I know it's important. Like text me, I'll at least be able to see it. But it's just setting those boundaries, those daily boundaries. As I'm not gonna be on Instagram for more than 30 minutes, and then those weekly and maybe even, you know, yeah. monthly. you know boundaries. that screen
0: time it, thing that that uh, Apple puts. That thing's a dude. It's mm, a gut punch because you're like, oh is. shit! I spent like seven hours this week on this phone yep. just mm-hmm. on just on doing what? You know? Well, and,
1: imagine like think about how how easy five or ten minutes just goes right, down, right down the drain,
0: right. You know that's but interesting. And it's like yeah. Mm-hmm. We could talk about that at least first for a minute or two about just the time itself because you know one of the most profound realizations that I've had is when when somebody says, "Hey, you're wasting your time," or "This is a good use of time." You know, I'm, I'm i like to go very deep on a lot of these things. So I go, "What is a waste of time and what is a good use of time when you don't actually control time itself?" Yeah. Time ticks regardless if you're doing shit or not. You know what I mean? It's like yep. you could do nothing and time's still going to keep moving. So what you consider a good or bad use of time is completely irrelevant in that perspective because you don't control time itself. But what you can control is be more conscious about, you know, what you choose to do with your time. But again, if you're connected and you're part of this world, plenty of people are going to come to take your time away from you. If you don't know how to use your time, other people will find a way to use that time for you. So that's really sort of where the boundaries have to be set up so you can stay sane and not feel like you're being pulled around by everybody else around you and you still really have know some sort of control over your life uh, and I think being connected to the hip with a phone or you know even I wear an Apple watch you know and so it's like you know getting buzzed on your wrist yeah. now you're going like and then the next thing I mean Apple's coming out with glasses so it's like you're not gonna get away from this it's only gonna get more integrated onto us right you I, mean, you, I heard your song about Elon Musk so I know you're familiar with Mr. Elon yep. he's talking about the you know human brain interfaces that he's building with the Neuralink,
1: Neuralink yep. we're gonna
0: be wired man like this is training yeah. grounds right now you know if we can't master this, like we're screwed for
1: what's coming. Great. It just, you, you said it so well. And, and when you talk about time like that, you got to talk energy too, right? Because you only have so much energy throughout That's the day. True. And it's not physical energy. Like, yeah, you, you can only probably feasibly work out for maybe if you wanted to for three or four hours, that would be pretty tough to do. But your actual mental energy too, and what you're expending this time on, like you can have something that takes a lot of time, but not as much energy or something mm-hmm. that takes a small amount of time and so much energy. Right. Totally, totally. like when it comes into the process of like, or the concept of deep work too. Right. And not having those distractions, but yeah, I, I think once you, uh, and, and me even having like a very small business, like not, you know, nothing crazy, but even realizing that energy of like, man, this is one client. I spent this, if I tracked it, I spent this many hours just engaging with my video guy and then, you know, talking to them and trying to right. set it up. It's like, you know, all that, energy is also gone and then once you know which you've probably experienced too we all have getting to the end of the day and then then you want to like spend time with your significant other and then you're just like you're just dead you're just like all my energy was sucked away and it's not your fault like i don't even know if it's my fault you know but yeah it's energy and and time they coincide
0: i've started to recalibrate my thought process on my return on time investment for the last three years of my life you know once i started to work more with clients and stuff like that, I started to realize, okay, I need to really calculate how much of my time goes in and how much do I actually get out of it? Because that to me then sets everything into more of a, a you know, broader perspective that each activity that I do, I have to understand, okay, doing this activity is not gonna yield any fruit for me for a while. But I'm still choosing to continue. And then that helps me negotiate with myself a little bit better. Then I'm not like, okay, this is a waste of time. You know, going back to the waste of time. Because your, your brain's always going to tell you like you're you're wasting time or you yeah. you know, you could be but doing it. But you also this.
1: yeah, you don't know the lesson though until after, right? Right. So until, you can't until or look who back. knows until years later, right? So, right? right. yeah, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you could say waste of time, but is it a waste of a lesson too? <sighs> that's powerful. I love that. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't wouldn't know until
0: you did it. You know, that's really what it comes down to from the beginning of this conversation. You wouldn't know until you hit record. It's like, yeah,
1: no, it's like saying it's a waste of time is like saying, I know everything that's going to come out of what's going to happen in the next X amount of minutes. You just don't. Yeah, you
0: don't know the future. And that's it. That's about it. The only way you'll know is if you try and then you'll get somewhere and you'll know what happens. Right.
1: And I think when you're young, too, and, and, you know, when you're just getting out of college or, you know, something like what I'm doing, uh, you know, at my age or, you know, my friends or. You know kids even getting out of high school and things like that you're not taught any of this time management no. i mean you're taught more of like a nine to five mindset which is probably the worst for time management you're just taught everything this thing comes first and then at the end of the day deal with all your other shit.
0: right yeah, <laughs> and then so just
1: true. your other shits just for the end of the day but your most of your time is just for this thing you know so but yeah there's no real like there's not a lot of education on that either so and then you have these conversations try to figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's what our humanity is at this point in life is that because of our connectivity, we're now really starting to figure out like of course the low hanging fruit got the attention first of the people, like all the bad information, the negativity, the stuff that we kind of, you know, are unconsciously fueled by if that's promoted to the top. But I genuinely believe similar to when I was in the fitness industry, when I was starting out as a bodybuilder, like bodybuilding was a niche, man. You don't talk about it. You didn't tell people you were a bodybuilder because you were embarrassed because nobody understood what that meant. Wow. They thought you were kind of like this weird dude that just like goes in the gym all day. But at the same time, it's like, I, I just saw that blow up from 2010 to 13 when Instagram started to pop off about fit fit fitness and all that other stuff. God, like it's just change the whole dynamic about this, that fitness industry and the supplement industry and how that came in. I genuinely believe that is going to happen and it is happening and I'm part of it, you're a part of it. This is going to happen for our internet culture, for, for mental health is like because so many people are going to get hurt from mentally from being online and not having that ability to manage their themselves, there's going to be a massive industry that's all focused around, hey, let me help you find your you know center, help you find your peace. So it's kind of like everything that I'm gearing towards that I did with my physical health life that I've learned, I've, I've been for the last five years, it's all been about mental health, it's all been about kind of healing that inside and being centered and now it's like, everything for me is about that balance now. It's like if you don't have those two things, you're not gonna be in this for the long term. Like I wanna be doing this when I'm 50, you know, I'm only 28, so it's like I wanna be doing this for another 30, 40 years before, yep. maybe maybe until I die, I don't know, but for that I have to have a balanced life. It's the same thing, it's if you're, if you're just gonna go hard as hell in the gym in, the, in one day of the week, you can't train for the rest of the week, you know. No. You gotta, you gotta make yourself train every single day, and that's how you build the physique. So I do feel like we're at that place right now with with our technology, especially with the whole COVID that's situation. True. It's made everybody realize that yeah, you can you can stay at home, you can still be productive somewhat, you can get work done, but you need to instill some good man, habits. That gave
1: us years of experience of dealing online, yeah, in, in just a small amount short of time, amount of time. Man. Yeah, Great. dude,
0: mm-hmm. I'd be curious if I if I could ask you a little bit more deeper question around like all the work that you're doing right now. And of course, you know, what you've done in your past, like, what is your philosophy of, of life? You know, at this point, like, why do you believe you're mm-hmm. here in this moment in time? And, you know, what is it that you're trying to do with it?
1: Yeah, I probably, you know, the answer probably always changes, you know, and it kind of changes as you go, I think. But um, but but everything for me was just kind of one step at a time. It's like even the the things that don't seem significant or become very significant. And 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 even I'll take it back to the music of the first um, track that I that I dropped and that I did with my buddy Purnell and my other friend, Justin, and and our whole school listened to that, um, our whole high school. And and I had like teachers coming up to me, that must talking to me felt about good. stuff. It, it felt good yeah and it was a small like school you know but it, it still it did and and that was like uh this is real moment basically where you go oh okay like that can happen you know so i kind of had these little moments throughout my life and switching careers and i was a mechanic for three years i did that i thought i was going to do that um i do nothing really similar to that um now obviously as a hobby but um but now i make podcasts so but i guess you know the why of it is just to just to allow people to have the confidence that they can just do it themselves. Because I'm not, I could have just said I'm a mechanic and I would have just stopped there. You know, mm. so I didn't stop there. And I, but I realized I saw this internet thing, and 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 over a year ago I saw the freelancing. I saw when it wasn't cool to work at home, and 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 I saw all this. So I was like, there's something here. There's something else, and I know that, you know, at least like mentally I can do. something else I can do. And even if I am working at home and just sitting at staring at the computer, at least that's better. I'm at least working for myself. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the why and, and like my podcast and, and the music's a little more like personal, I guess. But, um, but as far as the content I put out and, 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 and the podcast and why I do everything, it's really just to keep going and to show people like it's not, you don't have to, I come from a very small town. There's a lot of farmers that you turn around and you throw a hair bail and that's kind of how it goes, you know? Um, and a lot of my generation isn't doing that. You know, a lot of kids went to college and they're working in, in Philly or the, or New York or, or whatever, but it's very small town mentality. So I didn't want to carry that. I didn't want to get stuck in that. Mm. Um, a lot of, you know, small, a small town can predict your fate and you don't really want that. So, um, or at least most people, you know, don't, or I, at least I didn't. So um,
0: I love that. And I
1: I continue to do it to, to try to show, you know, other people that they can, and for myself too, I just love doing it. So.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fantastic, man. And um, along the same lines, like, well, let's say, you know, we're at the end of our life here, both you and I, you know, how do you, how would you want to be remembered when it's all said and done?
1: Just through everything that I created, I think, you know, and just how I made people feel and that's you it, go. you know, cause that's really it. That's really it, man. And that's like, that's what, that's the cliche thing. A lot of cliches are, are truths, you know, and that's one of them is people don't, I don't remember every word somebody said to me, but you definitely know if they made you feel good or they you made you feel bad or if they seemed authentic and real or if they seemed fake and, and angry, you know? So, yeah. um, you kind of, that's, but I, that's probably another reason I keep putting everything out is, is to kind of legacy. And I don't even understand legacy. I'm a 21, I'm 21. I don't understand legacy. Like, I don't think you really kind of understand it until I don't even know if you ever really understand it for yourself, you know? Right. But, but that's something I do probably th- Think about more and that comes back to the kind of five and ten year goals rather than the six month goals you know
0: that's incredible man i would love to go back a little bit to our conversation about rap and um i know i've been hit by this because i love the rap culture and music a lot you know i told you i listen to jay-z and kanye quite a bit kendrick lamar for you know i, I love people that are really really like lyrical and quite deep and profound with their words and uh every now and again you know you listen to a song maybe you've heard it a million times but you didn't hear that one line Right. And then all of a sudden, maybe you're in a point in your life or maybe you're struggling or whatever. And then that line hits you. And all of a sudden you're just like, whew. like I've, I've yep. busted into tears on a lot of songs where I've just. Yeah, me too. Because I used to I used to listen to this music when I would work out and I was already full of so much anger and rage and like sort of like that sadness. And, and like you know everything that comes up with like kind of pushing yourself to the next level. You, you take all the fuel that you've gotten in your take life. All but,
1: you can get. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, so I'm curious if there's anything that comes to mind in terms of like maybe a rap song or a line or lyric or something that, you know, really took you to a place. And even if you if you remember it even better. But, you know, I'm curious, like if that has some you know significance. I I prepared for this question, obviously. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I wrote down like a line for me. There's a song by by Kanye and Jay-Z on Watch the Throne uh, called Murder, uh, Murder to Excellence, I think it's called. Um, And uh, there's a song in there and it just busted me into tears. Very recently, like last week, actually, when I was listening to some of your music and I was listening to some other music. Thank you. Yeah, man, I absolutely loved some of the things that you've put out, especially like the. I think the song's called "Heart Heartless." Is it called
1: "Heart Problems"? Yeah, "Heart Heart Problems." problems. That's a great Mm -hmm. song that you've put out. And then, thank you. Thank you. One of the
0: lines that you have in one of your songs, it's like if you haven't, you know, if you haven't failed, you're you're faking it. Basically, is the the, the gist of it. It's like Mm -hmm. it's so it's so deep because everyone that talks about success always talks about, yeah, look at me, look at my cars, look at my house. And it's like, yeah, but tell me about the day when it sucked, when everybody told you you weren't shit and you had to, mm-hmm. you know, still climb through that. That's what I'm more interested in. You know, so a line that really got me in that song, Kanye says it, it's towards the end of his verse In the last verse he says, every problem that you had before today is now done. And that just hit me and I was just like, it was a moment of complete silence within me because it was like whatever chattering is going on about the past, whatever's happened, it just silences itself completely right there. It's like you have no problems that are in the past. They're done. You're only here in this moment yeah. in time right now. And moving forward from here, you do what you do and then you face those things as they come. That to me like was one of the most profound things. At a different point in my life, I, I when I was very like going through like depression and stuff, that came back to me as well. But in a different way, It was it was saying like, you've survived every bad day you've had so far all of them you know you're resilient as fuck like you have gone through every bad day in your life so today if it's a bad day it's okay you've got a lot more under your belt you know behind you so it just like empowers me to be like whatever i'm, I'm ready to deal with whatever it is you know long-winded question i'm curious if no, you no but anything. they can't
1: hit you though those lines can hit you honestly yeah. i'd have to pull it up um to uh because there's a couple songs that i have in mind but i i, I definitely forget the lines off the top but i will uh, paraphrase just speak, no i got you i'll speak let me speak on i'll speak on one line that that i don't want to give myself this you know i'm not trying to hug myself up here but i just i know my lyrics as and that's be, as actually perfect. better than i'd rather have you yeah, talk about those um but yeah thank you and 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 uh just just because they're always in my head all day absolutely <laughs> but i have this song called second story and it's probably you know um the most real song i've ever wrote it's probably the mo- most i just put that song down i didn't touch the lyrics and i just recorded it and that was it and i just that's all energy that came out um but i have uh, people it was, it's the first line it's uh people tell you what they could be instead of what they are hmm. and i think that i think that we're just taught to do that though people say people always say what are you gonna be right but they don't say who are you are who are you now so exactly. And you can't know who you're gonna be if you don't know who you are right now. Oh, dude, I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps, dude. Like no joke
0: right now. I'm getting my hairs are standing up. I don't know if you can see this on the camera. Uh, <laughs> dude,
1: yeah, dude, dude. Oh, that's, that's cra- I'm grateful for that, man. That that's that's, that's crazy that that um yeah, and 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 it's just something that I had to learn for myself too. And and in this whole conversation has really been talking about that and kind of going back to my influences and, and, and trying to figure out all right, why do I do this? It's like all right, like what do I value then, you know, and like who am I in this moment? And another one that kind of ties into that is is sometimes you got to blend in before you stand in out, you
0: know. So Ooh, I like
1: that. I just just those two are 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 kind of my one and two lines right there. And and you know, don't be afraid to kind of, you know, blend in just to see what everybody else is doing, you know, until you start to break out. Right. Um, cuz when you break out, you're not even going to realize you're doing it cuz you're just on your own. Got to be you know, a follower before ad, you but, can
0: be a leader, right? That's like one of those iconic so, quotes that Sure. It really and a hits. good
1: follower too. You better learn how to be a follower. Right, too. right, yeah. Because that's the thing is, like, yeah. There's no, there's no leaders without very, very, uh, you know, uh, very, without lack, for lack of a better word, good followers. You know. Um, right, right. You're Learning how to do that—that's a whole process in itself. And learning how to learn, which that's what you're doing as a follower.
0: Most Dude, of the time. that's so profound, man. I really like. that. I also like feel like I want to just sit here with those words for a little while because. You know, words have a lot of power. Um, I've I've talked about this previously and I'll share with you. It's like, and you know this from meditation, is like words are just our way of explaining ourselves to somebody else. You don't use words to talk to yourself all the time in a positive way because a lot of internal chatter is negative. It's always critical. It's always a voice that Maybe isn't even your voice, right? It's something that maybe you heard somewhere, and it just most lingers. Most of the time,
1: probably not, right?
0: Yeah. And then so it's like if you don't take that moment to kind of strip away and take out everything that's not you, you don't really get to see like what am I about? What what is really here that's original to me? You know, and and really just kind of like. And that's out what of,
1: we're trying to probably do, like for our yeah. most of our lives too. Yeah, and and that's kind of like that, you know, self where the self awareness comes in. Like that's just. You're only, you're always at the beginning. I feel, you know, it's like, it's not even like a hill that you climb and you get to the top and it's like, I know myself like, nah, no, yeah, <laughs> it's a daily, it's a
0: daily reminder. Okay. Cause every day is like a, it's a reset, right? We, every time we go to sleep and we wake up, we have to do it all over again. It doesn't matter how great yesterday was, right? My dad always yep. says, it doesn't matter what you did in the past. It only matters what you can do today. That's you know, it. and that's true for business, right? like a hundred percent, like great. You had the best clients, you know, last year or mm-hmm. yesterday and your clients were happy. Are your ha- clients happy right now? That's what matters for you as a business. And I was just like, yeah, dad, yeah, that's totally true. But I a long time I didn't want to accept that because I always felt like, no, I have a reputation. I've done this and that. All that's cool. But when it comes mm-hmm. down to it, people will remember you for what you can do right now. You know, like, and yeah,
1: and true. Like sometimes, you know, sometimes a testimonial is a make or break. And sometimes people are like, I don't care what you did. Yeah. They're like, I don't care what you worked on. I don't care what your last project was. Like it's so, yeah, it kind of depends. But you're so right with the words, man. Like, and, and this is another quote though. Um from uh sturgill simpson i don't know if you ever listened to him before uh he's a country and kind of rock slash country he said a picture's worth a thousand words but a word ain't worth a dime and (laughs) right but he's an artist and a singer right so obviously his words like he was kind of making fun of the whole thing um and that was like that lyric was like kind of from his come up too um and 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 that's true too is like you everybody can talk i mean it's free to talk right but if if you could have the the if you work on your words and you say something that's really meaningful, that's going to be the difference. Right. Because you know? words are just like, yeah,
0: power. they're
1: like poetry
0: in the sense. Like if the carefully crafted words can really kind of take you to, take you there, quote unquote, like take you to that place of that, that same place that we all, you know, all human beings, when when we pray or when we sit still and we ask the universe for whatever, like that quiet place that we can't even explain really in words, sometimes the right set of words carefully put together can really take you to a moment where you're just like, you're you're awestruck. You're you're really kind of stuck. You're like, wow, well, I, I I really don't know how to comprehend that. But but at a deeper level, you understand it. It's like it's like a lot of times, you know, when when we listen to uh, people that are public speakers or people that are trying to you know put project a good message, you know, I, I would I would say that not all of those words that they say necessarily have to gel with you, but to a deeper part of you. You'll understand what someone's saying. You know, maybe we'll go back to the energy conversation, right? Like when somebody's projecting that positive, that good energy, that strong energy, you can feel that without being able to explain that into words. You can feel that through an, you know, an audio like a song or whatever, or you know, video through the expression, uh, or in person. You know, seeing a person move about an audience. You can and sometimes
1: it's not about the words, that and that's yeah. when that comes in. Of like, you could say you have one artist say a lyric. And it doesn't mean anything to you, Mm -hmm. and you have say somebody else sing it or something, and it's just the most, you know, it gives you those goosebumps, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. No, you can feel that's the energy. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Something that that um, I also just thought about too when you said like your problems. What was it? Your problems for yesterday, or yeah. So
0: I the quote I said was every problem you had before this moment is now
1: done. I there's a Freddie Gibbs quote, and he said. And he said, "He's like the future started yesterday. Every minute, I'm feeling different, and I'm not the same. So it's like that's what it is. Like it's my future started time, yesterday. Right. My future started yesterday, man. I gotta get ahead. I gotta go. You know, <laughs> like
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I realize this, like, because I live in uh, I live in San Diego. I live in Pacific Beach, so I'm very close to the ocean. So I, I love to kind of sit there and read or like watch the waves and like look out into the distance, and and you really start to see when you when you look out at the waves like that, you can you can look and see." Wow, I'm really not much different than the life that's around me. It's just that I have this ability to walk and talk a little bit, but I'm not much different than these trees that are part of this life and then the waves that are in this ocean. You know, we're all connected to this entire universe, you know, and where I'm really trying to take this with you is I know that a lot of rappers, they're trying to look at culture, but they're in the culture because you have to be in it to know what it is. And then they are looking at everything from a much bigger perspective, where you're almost like, it's like a top down view, and you're pointing out something that we all know to be true, but maybe we don't know how to articulate it ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, like a lot of the lines, like we were talking about Jay Z, like, what is he talking about? God comes into the booth. Like, it doesn't make any sense, but it does to a much deeper level. You're yeah. like, yeah, I, I don't know what it is in me that creates this. Like, when I sit on a drum kit and I'm, I'm laying down a beat, I know what I'm doing to a degree, but a lot of times I'm, I'm taken over by something else that comes through. And then I'll a like, I don't know how I, how I put these patterns together. I don't know how I just did that. I couldn't, if you asked me to like lay it out for you mathematically or something, I don't think I could do it. But at the yes. same time, it's like, wow, it just, it just flew through me, you know? Like, so it's like, I'm curious, like how, how does that relate to your process of creativity? Like when you're looking at, you know, at your age, you're, you're seeing a lot of different things that are coming up. Cause you know, you're just getting into that point where, you could have started a corporate gig and a corporate life for, Mm -hmm. for a while, but you decided to go a different route. So you're kind of like seeing, you know, why you stepped away from that. You're seeing like, what's the alternative? What are, what are sort of the things? So I'm curious, like, how, how do you, you know, navigate that or what's, what do you do to like keep yourself in the, in the culture, but also like see it outside, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's very, it's hard. I feel like it's tough to kind of have the all angles of, yeah. of what's going on. Because the thing for me is I'm on the, in a different and a lot of different cultures. So I'm in a rap hip hop culture, but then I also have a drummer that I work with and we do spoken word and hard rock and drop. We do I put drop D on the guitar and we do some like tool type stuff. And then, and then I'm right here and I'm making rap and hip hop. My producer sends me a hip hop beat. And then, so, and then I'm in this podcast culture and I'm getting connected with these people, um, you know, kind of through that. And, people who are you know starting later in life or some people even starting earlier in life and then i'm on linkedin and then i'm on instagram and then that's the instagram's a mix of hip-hop and then you know some other a lot of other artists creatives and so it's trying to kind of keep my ear to the ground in all the cultures i think is probably the you know how i find my balance uh without getting kind of too caught up Mm. um in 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 like you know the little things that are happening in the drama but just at least understanding like all right what are my people like going through what is you know what do my rappers need right now are they like are they more on like the beats side or like what's new is like all right we still in this trap thing like all right but you know let's uh you know what's j cole putting out and kendrick putting out and you know what's the sa- what's the new sound that's coming up or something you know i try to just as stay much as i plugged into the game they really. plugged into the game have my ear to the ground but then at the same time be in my you know in my own lane enough that i can just you know still kind of be unbiased with what i'm making you right, know? Right. Um, when it comes but obviously it's it, you're a culmination of everything so it's just all my influences come from it like i get yeah. rap influences from from tool songs you know and i can show you a beat where i like that's the influence you could tell you know so it's like but i think for me it's just kind of keeping the keeping the ear to the ground you know
0: no i love that because i i, I personally say this you know it's like I I work really hard to make it look like I'm I'm not working that hard. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I make it really easy for everybody to think that I have like a very, very straightforward, simple life. And I do to a lot of degrees. Like I've made my life simplistic in the sense that what I do, I choose to do those as like my building blocks. So I want to do them every day. It's kind of like that repetitive mentality, you know, from bodybuilding kind of reinforced. It's like, you know, you do the th- same things day in and day out. Effective days of effort get you where you're trying to go. So it's like, what do, what do you do every day? So like, For me, it's like I'm watching everyone. I'm watching what you're doing, how you're doing it. I'm like reading between the lines, so to speak, right? When I hear or see somebody doing something, I go, I see what they're doing, but I'm looking at it from the consumer's perspective, but also from the person, you know, the way they've put it out and see what I can learn from them in that sense. But then, yeah, going back to it's like, yeah, I know what other people are up to, but I have to spend a lot of time also making sure I know what I'm up to. What's my inner climate like? What's going on within this body, this mind, this person right here? You know, so that way I can make sure that it's staying authentic and staying in sort of in that bound of like where I want to be rather than kind of like, you know, if we're walking by and people can just throw things at mm-hmm. you and whatever sticks, just sticks. I mean, that is. And that's like, yeah, true. And just don't... saying
1: yes to a lot of things, too. Um, yeah. Saying yes to a lot of opportunities. And, and especially like when you're younger, too, you just want to say yes to everything because you think you're never going to get it again. and True. And true, then you were, true. damn, and you throw that energy towards that and you're like, it comes back as like, oh, they weren't, they were just trying to use me for something, you know? Like yeah, man, I, didn't realize that. I took it as an opportunity, like, oh, that's fine though. i learned, learn, you know? But still <laughs> it's like, true, that all came back, that all could just came back to the balance, you know?
0: Right. I think our conversation is coming to a full circle, man. I think we're getting to a good place here. I'm curious if before we wrap up, if there's anything that you'd like to get into, any questions that you might have for me or any topics that you'd like to get into before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I definitely wanted to touch on the on the lifting, the bodybuilding, and stuff like that, man. Just because some it was part of my life, uh, still is part of my life, but it yeah. was part of my life, you know, uh, every day. You know, <laughs> that's what I thought about. It's what I thought I was going to do too, kind of in the midst of everything, um, kind of before the. I even had like a steady, you know, mechanic job and stuff like that. I was just very into it. But how did you know what what how. What influences does it still have with you, and and are you still were you ever you know did were you going to compete or did you? Oh, and- I did, yeah, oh, yeah. So okay.
0: I'll give you a quick backstory. Yeah, so you know I grew up. Obviously, I'm not white, so I grew up in this country as an immigrant. When I did, I I got bullied like my whole life through school, right? And I was a short kid. i I think when I was a freshman in high school, I was maybe four foot eleven, you know, and I was like a hundred and maybe eight pounds or something like that, right? So when I just started in school and kind of like. I'm super thankful that my family has given me a tremendous amount of love like my mom is like my world. I mean, I love my whole family, but my mom and I are like inseparable in that way. Like the amount of love that I got from her couldn't be overpowered or overshadowed by all the hate that I got or like the, you know, discrimination that I faced. So, but but the problem is, right? Like the not the problem, but maybe what really happens unconsciously is like that built up so much like unresolved frustration within me that a lot of that started to manifest itself when I was working out because it's a it's a fuel the the rage is fuel for like you know working out it was the best translation of that energy so I you know I, I just realized that okay I saw some upperclassmen when I was a freshman that were you know getting working out and this and that I had my friend, Scott Frost, actually, he was was on this podcast. He was the guy who, when I was 14 years old, he was the best drummer in school. He was also in really good shape. And, like, this kid was really popular. So I was like, like, I want to be somebody like that. I always admired people that I saw were, like, kind of doing what they wanted to do, and they were doing it really well. So that really influenced me at an early age, you know? So, like, I wanted to be the best drummer. Like, I became the drum captain when I was a junior in high school. I led the whole drum line for two years, you know? And our drum line was the best drum line that school's ever had, you know? And it's like just kind of having that mindset of like, I always wanted to be a leader, I wanted to be the perfectionist, I wanna be the best. So when I got into like working out, in the beginning it was just to like get bigger so bullies would leave me the hell alone. And then then what started to happen was, is like when I started to get attention from it, you know, like I was already on stages for like music and all that, but when you start to like walk around and all of a sudden it's like, damn, you've been working out, like what's going on over there? then that starts to reinforce itself you're like oh my god like people notice this this is kind of cool because i couldn't get taller but i could get wider i could get bigger you know so that's that's where it started that's how it all kind of began and then and then what happened was i uh once i got into college um why i i I didn't get into college i started in community college um because my my dad actually had his his health went really bad he actually went blind and so we we uh we had to figure out how to like navigate our lives, you know, because I had to figure out how to make money to support my family. And so I, I knew that I had to stay close to home. So the gym sort of, uh, I asked my parents for one thing. I said, if anything, I would love to have a gym membership so I can go and work out because I was I was, didn't have one. So once I got that, man, that became like sort of my therapy. Every night I'd be in the gym at 8 p.m. and I'd be back in, at home at like 11 or 12. You know, I'd, every single night I'd be in there for two hours, three hours, and then I would after that I would talk to the people that were sort of like the old timers and just started to build that rapport where like it became an escape for me And at that age, at 18, 19, 20, 21, at that age where it's like super prone to like going out and doing, you know, drugs and partying and doing silly things at that age, I was really thankful that I had a different outlet because I was very frustrated about my life at that stage. I felt that I didn't have any control over my parents' health. I didn't have any control over my parents' finances, of course. But what I realized through that process was I have a lot of control over what I can do to me. I can control what I put into my mouth, how I treat my body. And that really became my mission is like, I wanted to never have my family struggle because of my health. I never wanted to have anybody in my life, you know, or me not being able to perform because I didn't take care of myself. So that became sort of my driving force. And then I met a uh, former Mr. Universe back in the day. And uh, he was he was at my gym and he kind of talked it up to me. He saw he saw me and he's like, I see this kid, he's got a lot of potential. So he kind of talked it up to me. He's like, yeah, you should do a show. And I was like, ah, I'll think about it, whatever. But then, like, I'd see the guy almost every single day, every night. So we just build a rapport. And before you know it, you know, I'm signing up for my first show at 18, uh, and 19 years old. I had only been training for about a year, and uh, you know, I I competed as a natural competitor at that time. And I came out as a teen, and I took second place. And I was so pissed. I was so pissed because I knew I could win. You know, I knew I could win. That was it, man. Once that bug came up, and I was like. I know I have what it takes to win. I just like yeah. I'm not going to stop now. So like from there I took the next 2 years to just put on so much size as much as I could, you know, and then I competed again in 2014. That's when I went for for the West Coast Classic and actually won that. I was, um, was I am Mr. West Coast man to that degree. You know, I won one of the wow. most prestigious titles that I could go for, and I was on my way. Like I had sponsorships, I had I sold out the first two rows of the show. There were all people that came to see me. Like the promoters knew me, the brands knew me. People wanted me to like be a part of that whole thing. You know, and I just realized at that point when I was competing that I had to step away from it because the competitiveness took away the healthy part. Because when I became really competitive about it, I didn't care about anything else except for winning. Mm-hmm. And I'm no longer caring about my health as much as I could. Because when you're competitive, you're not trying to be healthy. You're trying to win. It's a very yes. different mindset. You know? So I was, if you would have met me at 21 years old, you know, you're 21 now, I was the kid that I could make a grown man shake in his boots because I had so much fire energy and potential that if I were to talk to somebody, they'd be like, dude, this kid's on his way. He's, I, used to, I used to tell people I'm going to have my own private plane when I'm 30 and I'm going to fly over all you motherfuckers. And I'm going to fuck, you know, like that kind of attitude yep. is, is terrible to kind of say, but I'm, I'm admitting it. That's what it was because I realized that I had discipline. If I wanted to set my mind to something, there's nobody in this earth that's going to stop that. No one. And yep. especially having your parents support, like my mom was supportive of it. You know, she... She fought for me. She fought my dad for it because my dad wasn't fully into it. He wanted to be traditional, go to school, get a degree, work. Fair enough. You know, he wants me to help with the family and I I want to take that responsibility. But I also wanted to have that freedom for myself. You know, I wanted to have that ability to be like, you know, if I set my mind to something, there's no way in hell anyone's going to outwork me on this. Like, I'm going to do this to the best. Fast forward a few years, you know, after I did competing and I decided to walk away from it because I was not healthy. That started to translate into other parts of my life. I was like, started to realize like I, I I'm I'm very disciplined and dedicated, but I wasn't fully happy at the end of the road once I won. Tell you the truth, dude, the day I won, I was the most disappointed person I could be, which is the craziest thing ever. Because you're like, what? Like that's so ass
1: backwards. I trained all this time <laughs> for this. this <laughs> and is now my I'm not entire even life. happy about it.
0: You know what I mean? So it was like I had to really take this some time to like reflect on what it is that I'm really interested in. Am I trying to do this for other people or is this for me? you know, and that really kind of set me on the journey inward, because i had already accomplished success based on other people's metrics in that sense, you know, I knew that I could go ahead and get a million dollar contract if I wanted in the next year, I knew it, I knew it, like, like, no joke, like, I'm not even shitting about this, like, I I know that I had that ability, you know, to sign with two or three big companies, becoming a brand ambassador, be the next name, you know, in that industry, but it just didn't, it just didn't feel right it
1: just well, and winning it, is temporary so that yeah. was a temporary
0: yeah and you yeah. realize that like people only give a shit when you win nobody cares when you lose nobody yeah. was there when i lost six times only people showed up when i just lost you. when i won just the seventh time maybe yep. you know so like that kind of really realize it's like yeah this is this is this is a game that we're playing here i need to i need to be more strategic about this game you know like so when i was like 21 years old 22 years old man I'd already like won in terms of like what most people can accomplish in their lifetime in that sense, you know, like I've already done two or three things in my life that I was excellent at. So now it was more about like, where do you want to take this long term, you know, and I realized that I wanted to be wanted to be something bigger than what I was in that sense, not just bigger muscularly, but like bigger in my impact and my influence. So like the journey inward started then. You know going into my own thoughts and going into my own emotions and you didn't want to
1: just just be a peddler for supplements for for three different companies on a retainer right and then just (laughs) yeah because you know no disrespect that's a great way to live but you know you just did a little self-reflection like i i see where this goes
0: yeah yeah, I saw I saw where these roads were going to lead me, and I didn't want to be on them. And I'm and I'm kind of like that, like I, I similar to you, like I I've always carved my own way in everything I've done. I'm always the person that stood out in the crowd. Like I I, I remember when, I studied computer science of all things, believe it or not. You know, when I was a bodybuilder walking into a lecture room with 400 kids, and I'm this jacked dude with my protein and my water, and people are like, "What the fuck is this kid doing in this class?" <laughs> I'm like I'm here just like all you people. You know, I'm here to learn, and I'm gonna I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna just you know get this degree. I'm gonna do ten things more. You know, so I had that sort of mindset, like I felt I was a cut above everybody else in that sense, because I was like, you people can do one thing, I can do five, you know, and I'm going to show you how I'm better than all of you. I had that really bad ego, like, but at the same time, that's what fueled it. That's what fueled that life. It's lifestyle. good
1: fuel, but it's not, yeah, it's it not always sustain. positive. It yeah. doesn't sustain. It's not always positive. It is good fuel, but yeah. Yeah. but yeah, you don't have to be that, yeah, or have that. So it's
0: almost time. like the last few years I've been I've like caged the beast, you know, if that makes any sense. It's like, I already, I only, I only unlock that and creep that door open when, and when I know, like, it's still in me, that person's still there, that rage and aggression and that dedication is all still there. But now it's more of a calculated move rather than a, it's a controlled explosion rather mm. than just the fucking
1: yes. bomb just popping off, it's you know. Just going off. Yeah. No, yeah. I feel you so much on that energy, man. And that, like, that's yeah. I feel like I got. I feel weird when I'm not doing shit. You know, like it feels like it's not me. Like it when that like that energy, like and just trying to. Ta- I, I completely understand what you're saying, and 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 it's so raw. Like I remember when I first started working out, same shit. Um, we would go into my friend, uh, my friend, Justin, again, we were rapping and lifting. That's kind of how it all works. That's worked. awesome, man. Um, you know, and smoking too, obviously we were chilling, you know, we were having a good time. That's what we do. Awesome, that was the pre-workout, post-workout, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we, was, uh, we were, we were trying to tame that energy though, right? And we would go, we would think we were going to do an hour, right? And then it's a 500 day. We're just like, yo, let's make it a 500 day and we're going to do 500 reps back. And then it was just like two and a half hours later, right? Hell yeah. And then, but then I like you know, it's just, it wouldn't stop. I felt like I could just go all the time. You know, it wasn't drugs. It wasn't, it wasn't like, I was definitely drank a cup of coffee, but I just had an internal energy. Right. And, and, and it's so funny just how you explain it. I I just relate. Yeah, dude. So, so much. And I didn't, I never like competed or anything like that, but, um, but as far as kind of the energy goes and kind of taming that it's.
0: I mean, the biggest lesson that I learned from that whole experience was you need to find out how you're going to do this for the long term. And it wasn't gonna be the way I was going. I knew that I was yes. gonna eventually hit burnout, and I knew that I was gonna eventually have to pivot and you know a lot of smart people in my life did try to tell me that, but you know what? I didn't want to listen because I want to do things yeah, my that's... way and to a large degree, I'm still like that and in many things, it's like I yeah, you want to tell me well, first show me what you've done, and then I'll listen to you, maybe you know, kind of like that attitude, but yeah. but now it's more more you know grounded grounded in my just my truth and my and my being and like in my spirit and just you know, realizing that it, life is about peace and love. It's not about aggression and rage. It's not It's not about, you know, going out and trying to be better than everybody else. It's about if I climb to the top of the mountain, I want to bring a ladder with me so I can help other people climb up. You know, what the hell am I going to do up there by myself? You know, right. what am I going to do by yeah. my own self? And you're just
1: competing with yourself, too. Yeah. You found, too. Because yeah. then you're looking on the stage, you're like, I won, yeah. but it's really me. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 totally man. Crazy. I mean, it
0: was a huge it was a huge win for the mindset part of life. True. I can say that I have a championship mindset because I have accomplished championship goals with my mindset. But now it's more about like sort of the longevity. Everything that I do now in my life is all about mm. sustainability and longevity when I'm building businesses and I'm helping businesses, it's all about What do you want to do? Like, you know, longer term. Do you want to keep this client? Is it a one and done thing, or are you trying to keep clients for twenty years? You know what I'm saying? Like, I want people to come and buy from me for years and years and years. I don't want the one and done type of client. I mean, if that's great, you gotta ask those
1: questions too, and you gotta ask yourself those questions. And that's like, once you start asking and answering those questions for yourself, that's when you. kind of lock it in then you get that perspective of like oh maybe i shouldn't have won and done that guy Maybe i should (laughs) have just not done maybe i should have not hard sold him i should have just let him be a connection and then he was going to come back in a year you know never
0: know totally dude wow dude sully this has been an insane conversation man i feel so charged right now like i feel like i want to go and have a second workout i feel like i'm i haven't Uh worked
1: out today yet so maybe i will now um (laughs) i'm feeling you on that i'm getting like juiced up man
0: (laughs) this is great (laughs) I I really appreciate this. This was really fun for me. And I want to keep up with you as as you continue in your journey. And I'd love to have you as guests again in the future, uh, you know, to just to catch up and see how your journey is going and maybe share some more wisdom. Um, Again, I really appreciate this, brother. Thank you so much.
1: Anytime, no. Thank you so much for having me in this platform and this and this podcast is is amazing. I love what you're doing, and 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 after watching it for like five minutes, I was already sold, and I was just like, obviously, I went and you know watched the rest of the episode, but I was like, this guy just <laughs> just the way that you speak, and and you know, I could just tell you're 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 not just doing it just to do it, man. That you really you know, love doing this, and, and you're very I good. at it. Appreciate so, that, brother. Thank so, you. So so it's been a blast and a great opportunity. I'm going to have you on mine as well. So
0: thank you, everybody, for checking this out. And We hope to see you next time. Check out Sully Bop. On SoundCloud, on on uh, iTunes, I think you're on iTunes. Yeah, I think Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud,
1: Apple Music. You got just it all Google
0: Sully Bop. You're gonna find this man. He's got some got great it. music out there. I'm a fan, and uh, I'm so thankful to have you in my network, dude. Like this is this is awesome. I can't wait to see what we're doing 10, 15, 20 years from now. You know, I see a lot of potential in you, man. I see a young me in you. So I see this is like just the beginning, you know. You're on your way, you're doing the right things.
1: Kind take, words, man. Thank you, Abhinav. I appreciate it, man.
0: Take care, everybody. Hey guys, thank you again for checking out this episode. Remember there's a video component that you can also watch and you can keep up with me on YouTube at Blossom Media Studio or on Instagram at the real abanov. Thank you and I'll see you next time.